I don't really see myself, but. Boss? Mm -hmm. Cool. Awesome. Welcome back, everyone. Happy Thursday, August 6th, 2020. Uh, it's been a week. Hopefully, you all had a great week and weekend. Can we just give it a second? Like people are rolling in. Just no, it's okay. I mean, this is for everyone. So, um, uh, got some announcements, and uh, hopefully, I'll keep them after the market update. But, um, you know, so today, U.S. equities were stronger on Thursday. The S&P was up. We're uh, about 60 basis points uh, to about 33.49. Uh, better jobless claims came out today, which kind of helped the sentiment in the equity markets. Um, although kind of U.S. 10-year Treasury yields uh, fell again. Uh, not a ton, but uh, down about one basis point. Uh, gold was up a bit and oil was kind of down. Um, you know, I think some big headlines from the week, you know, we don't, we still don't really have any uh, breakthroughs on the U.S. stimulus talks again. A lot the $600 unemployment benefits uh, kind of uh, up for um, expiration, and and Congress is uh, kind of in the heat of discussion to try to either extend it or adjust it or kind of think through what the stimulus looks like going forward. Um, let's see. Uh, again, I talked a little bit about uh, U.S. initial claims, jobless claims. Uh, it improved significantly last week, and it's the best it's been since uh, mid-March. Um, and all that to say, I think, like, you know, the Bank of England uh, today delivered um, basically signaling that the, a no on negative interest rates. I think that was something that a lot of us already expected. Um, and the Fed's Kaplan uh, expressed skepticism for yield con curve control. Uh, in, in a speech overnight, um, which is kind of a change of uh, tone for him. So that's kind of my market update. The market is still kind of uh, creeping back to uh, to strength. Um, you know, another another side note, I would say, uh, yeah. Hey, Joy, uh, YouTube is now running. Uh, they changed up the the uh, the YouTube studio on us. So we had to figure out in real time how to figure that out. But it's up and running. If you guys want to enter the giveaways, they're all on YouTube. Uh, but I am excited to announce that tonight's episode and going forward is brought to you by Fundrise, which is a, an amazing company that I believe is one of the best ways for almost all of us to invest in real estate. Um, you all know that me and some friends uh, invest in, you know, around 15 rental properties here in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, it's really high returns, but uh, a lot of work. Um, a lot of my time, a lot of energy dealing with tenants. That's kind of on the very, very private end of real estate. And then a lot of you that have been with me know that I'm not a big fan of uh, public REITs, so real estate investment trusts. And the reason for that is uh, if you have a good institutional REIT, that invests in either, you know, usually, right, like institutional quality real estate. Yes, the rent is institutional quality and the portfolios are institutional quality, but since they're publicly traded and so large, 
the cash flows actually trade on a very low kind of NOI yield, or they basically trade almost like bonds in the public market if they're strong. So your upside potential and your kind of dividend potential is like pretty low. So Fundrise is actually a really great um, medium for almost, you know, I would say the vast majority of, of kind of qualified investors. And um, it's because, right, there's private real estate that, that offers you better returns. Fundrise has an investment team that are all kind of former or their current Wall Street uh, real estate guys and, and women over there uh, kind of focused on deploying the capital that they have. Uh, and you don't have to, you don't have to manage the uh, property. So it's a really great way. Uh, their minimum investment size is only $500 too. So uh, it's a, it's a great way. If you, if you're interested, I did a TikTok on them a long time ago. Uh, and and a, it's, it's a great way to invest in institutional quality kind of real estate, private equity without having to manage them yourself. So, uh, yeah, so very, thanks to them. They're, an, they're an amazing company and I've been following them and I've actually used them in the past. I've been following them since they, uh, since they first started and, uh, they've had their, their portal has gotten a lot better over time. So definitely check them out. Um, a couple, uh, live giveaway announcements. Uh, so obviously those of you that tune in every Thursday know that I give out 30 bucks. I Venmo or PayPal, um, guys, is the YouTube stream still off? I think it's on. It's all fixed. So go go to YouTube. YouTube Studio changed a bunch of stuff. There was one that we made, and then we had to make another one. So the one does not is not real, and then the one that's on right now. Okay. Is real. Yeah. So if you guys want to just check again on the YouTube stream, it's up. I'm looking at it right now. So cool. Uh, okay. Okay, we're going to take a pause. Thanks, Carter. I appreciate it. Rush Street. Hey, I did a YouTube video on Rush Street. So if, you, if you're interested in Rush Street, go to my YouTube channel. I did a full YouTube video for sure. Um, and and man.guy, I will say... Uh, Hey, vegan Melanie. Hello. Um, pay off student loans during COVID or invest. Uh, personally, I mean, that that's, that's going to be up to you. I think the pure economic finance person would say, uh, if your student loans are, you know, 3%, uh, interest rate, then you should probably keep those out there and invest, um, invest the rest in the stock market or, or real investment, real estate. But, uh, you know, I think if it's, if it's anywhere like four or five percent plus interest rate, I generally kind of lean towards the Dave Ramsey kind of style where I just pay it off, right? Or you can kind of do a little bit of both. But anyway, um, cool. Anyway, I got a little distracted. Nia's, uh, Nia's getting some technical stuff worked out. Uh, we're also in between spots. This is still my basement. Uh, we are ac We actually got a really small little place that we can dedicate some time to. But the internet, like it's going to take 20 days for Comcast Xfinity to install the, the internet. So it's kind of crazy. Um, but anyway, I don't remember what I was talking about. Okay, guys, I know I'm doing a lot of giveaways and I really rushed the giveaways because I thought TikTok was going away. But um, basically, let's see, I, I almost have too many to give. So uh, it's a little bit too late to enter our $1,000 giveaway. Uh, for the morning sense email list, but we're going to keep, keep the, uh, 
the email list giveaways going, but we, we're basically going to pick a $1,000 winner on our, uh, our, on our email list morning sense, which everything's linked through bio, right? And link in the description. Um, we are giving away 1500 bucks for the best highest voted stock pitch on the Roic portal at a couple cents.com. So, um, yeah, so that's, I mean, but again, a lot of people, some people have stock pitches that they know how to write up and they know how to analyze stocks. But if you don't know how to do that, we're also giving two people um, who join our ROI Connect group at a couplecents.com um, to two winners, uh, the choice of an iPad Pro or a Surface Pro 7 or $800 in Microsoft stock or $800 in Apple stock. So that's kind of cool. And all you gotta do is go vote for your favorite stock pitch. You don't even need to like kind of know what the stock pitch is. Like you don't, need to, you don't need to know how to do a stock pitch. So that's cool, that's awesome. Um, and then the I do, every time I go live guys, every time I go live, I give out two $30 winners. So if you wanna go enter, you know where to go raffle copter in the link in the description of my YouTube live stream. And, um, oh yeah. And then, so kind of for fun rise, I am doing this because I really love their platform. I know a lot of people watch these lives after the fact and they can't tune in live. So if you're watching the live after the fact over the next week, we have, we'll leave a link in the description for a weekly keyword giveaway. So, uh, usually I'll try to, uh, say the keyword about 10 to 15 minutes into the live. So you, you can like listen for the weekly keyword. And this week's keyword is real estate. So if you just enter the weekly raffle um, and enter the keyword real estate, you'll be entered for a uh, hundred bucks every week. So that's cool. I know I have a lot of giveaways. These, these big ones will run out uh, and then we'll get back to a good rhythm. So yeah, I got, I got a little freaked out because they were going to ban TikTok and uh I thought, I mean, they might still. So that's cool. The keyword is real estate. If you got the link is all on the U YouTube, YouTube, go to YouTube live stream. Um, I was also thinking it's a little bit kind of weird pointing at two cameras. So over time, um, I might just focus on YouTube and then do like a separate casual live on TikTok. But again, all my giveaways, you have to go to my YouTube live stream. So a couple cents. Did you explain the keyword? Yes, I did. I just did that. Um, cool. So, okay. People trickling in. Uh, yeah, everyone go to my YouTube live stream. There's a million giveaways over there. Too many giveaways for me to even keep my head around. So anyway, cool. So I gave my little market update. Um, I have a few, uh, ROI connect questions for my members on there. So if you want to support the content and learn all about, you know, we're and see all the stock pitches and we have a ton of stuff coming, um, go to a couple cents.com and sign up. Really appreciate it. Um, cool. So let's dive into the few questions I have. The first one is from, uh, Andrew S, um, asking, could you share your thoughts on AMD Intel? Can you see these as reasonable substitutes for the currently overpriced Nvidia? Okay. So I did a little bit of digging, not a lot of digging. Um, a big investment bank that has an equity research arm that I've read the equity research reports has a, basically a hold on all three, which means essentially they're overpriced. So I don't recommend buying any of them. So AMD, they make GPUs and stuff. NVIDIA, they make GP GPUs and stuff like that. Um, and uh, Intel, they make a bunch of like semiconductor stuff. So I will say Intel is not like the other two. Intel has like no growth and they, ha they kind of, they're delaying manufacture on their, 
on their like seven MN chip. I'm, I'm not, I haven't really brushed up on the company. So I will say you're buying more of a stable company, 40% EBITDA margins, uh, and you're buying it at, uh, let's see, I'm going right here. Oh, INTC, they make Intel chips. Oh, and one of you asking about laptops, I use this Dell, oh, sorry. I use this Dell, what is this? XPS, it's pretty good. I'm not sponsored by them. Um, but they make that like core i5, i7, i9 chips, like those CPUs. Um, so you're buying a business with 45% plus EBITDA margins, basically zero growth over the next few years. So that, that's kind of the, the bummer of it. But you're able to buy them at like six and a half times forward, forward EBITDA. So it's not, and it's a very dominant business. Uh, they always have the crown on CPUs and chips like that. But um, yeah, I mean, I think playing it for cash flows might be okay. But I, I don't, like I'd have to do, this is one that you really won't have to do a DCF. Oh, one more little uh, little tidbit. I have another friend in town. Uh, he is over here. I thought he was going to be playing some Call of Duty here, but he's not. We're going to call him. So for those of you that didn't tune in before, we had Hedge Fund Henry for like two or two shows, right? They're not not real names. We now have Private Equity Pete. Petey. Private Equity Petey. Happy to be here, Justin. <laughs> so again, for those of you that don't know the industry, uh, when you're in the industry, you can't really be out here talking um, because compliance and SEC regs. Um, but I will say Private Equity Pete is, um, he's much more, he's pretty high up at a, at a private equity fund. He has experience with distressed debt and leveraged loans and like special sits, but it's really like more private equity versus hedge fund. Henry worked with me at a hedge fund at some point. And um, he was more into the markets, more public equities investing. So if you have any private equity specific, investment banking specific, uh, he, he went through the ringer with me uh, in New York City. So uh, cool. I mean, not the same investment bank, but another bulge bracket. Um, cool. So if you have any questions, what's up, Admani? Nice to see you. Um, how to network during COVID-19. Emails and Zoom, man. I'm sorry. Everything seems to be on hold. It's really on hold. That's tough. Cool. Um, so if you have any questions, any private equity or investment banking questions for Private Equity Pete, go ahead and ask them. Cool. Um, and I'm sure he has private equity guys. They love cash flow and they hate growth. Isn't that correct? Yes. <laughs> and they love leverage. <laughs> All right. I'm going to meet him for a Oh, yeah, he says, I love leverage and cashless, but not growth, not growth. Um, cool. Okay, Chris S on um, a couple cents.com. Hey, Adi, what's up? Um, a couple cents.com asked, I wanted to know your thoughts on buying gold ETFs or stocks like ticker KGC right now, which for those of you that don't know, I believe is a Canadian gold miner. Um, do you think it's better to have a few shares to hedge for currency printing slash inflation? Or do you think it'll normalize? I think that there is a good, good chance that um, legend that like, I think there's a good chance that cash is trash. Um, that's why I've said, right? Equities are a good, are a good kind of inflation hedge in themselves, right? Um, especially in a zero interest rate environment. And especially like 
sort of growth at a reasonable price, profitable growth at a reasonable price. And then I think like having that like 10% hedge portion of your portfolio for like that gold and kind of what I like to substitute Bitcoin for gold because I think they both are a bit inflationary. Although gold is going to do better because it's definitely a risk off asset. Bitcoin is still risk on, but it's it's kind of a deflationary asset. And But it also has the upside to take market share from gold. So um, I don't know. So maybe having mixing that in there. And then I do know um, Lynn Alden, who's someone I've just started following. She's super into gold and gold miners because I believe the gold miners have never been at such a discount to gold uh, in a time like this before. So she thinks that gold miners are undervalued. So the answer is yes, I believe it has a portion of your portfolio. Like if I have $10, like I wouldn't call you crazy for having one dedicated to gold, one of those 10 dedicated to gold or Bitcoin or some like mix of a deflationary asset. asset. Um, yeah, private equity, Pete, hedge fund, Henry, me, and all these, some of our other, uh, other, uh, wall street friends, uh, we also hedge ourselves by owning real estate, right? So real estate itself is in, an inflationary hedge because there are only so many square foot feet in the world that or in the free world that um, that is arable, potable and livable, right? So I did a full series on YouTube on real estate and real estate investing. I even I even give my rental real estate uh, private equity. LB, it's basically an LBO model, but our acquisition model to ROI Connect members at a couple cents.com. Um, yeah, so if you guys are super interested and want to dig deeper, guys, the only way I really can DM people back is on a couple cents.com for ROI Connect members. I'm a little behind this week. I apologize. It's been a it's been a rough week. I've been trying to get internet set up. It's been kind of crazy. So uh, apologize. I'm going to dedicate tomorrow to to blast out responses. Um, again, welcome. I I always post these to podcast and YouTube. And, uh, we're doing a lot of giveaways. I don't even, I can't even keep track of all the giveaways we're doing. Literally we're doing probably 5,000 in giveaways this month. So if you want to learn more, go to my website, a couple but, or go to YouTube. So the, the weekly ones are for, I, I wanted to introduce these weekly ones. Well, one, you know, sponsored by Fundrise. Seriously. If you guys are interested in investing in real estate, but you don't have the means to go invest in like buy your own rental real estate or don't want to go manage it yourself. Like honestly, Fundrise is your best option probably. Um, and I, I like, I, you guys all know this, like I'm, my day job is, it's enough for me. And I'm, you know, I have my own like wall street CFO career. So, uh, I don't, I'm not going to be telling you about drop shippers. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it's cool. So anyway, Let's see. One more question. Um, David, who's a ROI Connect member, is asking, "Hey Justin, do you ever sell a value stock if you if it goes up too quick? If it was a good buy when you bought it, should you hold or look for other growth opportunities?" Um, so it's interesting. The only the only companies that I uh, regret selling and selling even if it's too expensive are transformational co capital compounders over multi-decade periods. So when we're talking about Google early, Amazon early, Apple early, I I probably would never, like you give me the pitch of Facebook a few times, I probably wouldn't have swung at it. Just, I didn't really get it. Um, 
and Tesla was overpriced pretty early. Um, Tesla's overpriced now. I'll probably revisit that in a YouTube video. Thank you, Bophelius. Appreciate it. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I would say for value stocks though specifically, right? So what you're doing is you're buying a, a, a company and it's cash flows. And what, what you probably consider a value stock is a low growth, high free cash flow yield, um, you know, lower to mid EBITDA, EV to EBITDA margin kind of business. Uh, yeah, like if it gets too expensive based on cash flows, then yes, I'm probably selling that. Versus if, like I own Tesla, I've owned Tesla long before any of this. I've owned a Tesla Model X for three and a half years. Um, I'm not selling now, but I'm not buying right now, right? Well, what is it? What is the latest? I know they pulled back a bit. Um, fun fact: Elon Musk was the high, by far, highest paid CEO in 2019. Um, okay, yeah, they're trading at seven times EV to sales for auto manufacturer, seven times forward EV to sales. What do you think about that? Private equity, Pete. <laughs> he said he's a cash flow investor and he's just like I'm in shock. They're really, uh, you, you should watch my YouTube video. They're really pricing in uh, autonomous taxi network. Do you think that's going to come? Yes, but five to 30 years, this is when you actually capitalize it as a cash flow investor. And, but what if your discount rate's 1%? <laughs> use a 1% discount rate, use a 25%. Uh, yeah, okay, so private equity Pete uses a, a 25%. Do you really? Okay, 25% discount rate. And I'm here struggling to find cheap stocks at a 10% discount rate. So good luck deploying capital, my man. Um, no, but, and uh, honestly, private equity Pete has a lot of experience with uh, auto um, and auto manufacturers, aerospace, defense, all these. He's a, he, he likes those boring companies, to be honest. That's private equity guys are boring. Hedge fund guys are fun, right? Hedge fund guys are fun. Private equity guys are boring. Boo. Just kidding. He's one of my best friends. Um, um, my thoughts on Bitcoin. I like Bitcoin. I like Bitcoin, but it's, it's super volatile. Never should be a huge position. And uh, you should hold it and just stick it in the backyard and just prepare for it to go up and down and up and down and up and down. And hopefully in a decade, it'll be something. Private equity Pete does not like Bitcoin because it doesn't spit off cash flows. Yeah. Okay. Um, Cool. Okay. Do we have some voicemail questions? Mm, yes. Oh, we do. Cool. Hey, Joey, the stock pitch contest, people pitch their contest, uh, the, the highest rated stock pitch on a couple cents.com under ROI Connect um, wins 1500 bucks. I literally Venmo or PayPal or what a square, or, sorry, Venmo, PayPal, or cash app them 1500 bucks. But it's, I don't determine the winner. The ROI Connect community has been voting on the best stock pitch. So if you have a really good one, you have about 10 more days to enter. Um, cool. Me? Yeah, let's do it. We got some voicemail questions. You have to go to the YouTube channel and the YouTube live stream to really get the full picture of how to call in, how to enter the raffles. But And I do my best on TikTok just to keep you guys in the know. Echo. can do this. Oh. They're saying there's an echo. Yeah, when we're both on, it's a thing. Hey, Joseph, you're aiming up things for the great content. 
uh, Nina, I hope you got in FMCI under $14. And SPAC is on the rise. I know Apollo Group's in there, and I think that gave you some confidence, Justin. Any thoughts on their HSR early termination? Um, does that mean we can expect for the SPAC to, to murder the deal, for the merger to occur by the end of Q3? Thanks, and have a great night. Also, I did not buy anything yet. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to have to log in and read this question again. So are, I think you're... Hold on. So... Yeah, but he wasn't asking. I think he's asking about SPAQ, right? Uh, hold on, I'm gonna play this one more time. Can you play it one more time? Hey, Justin, hey, Nina, thanks for the great content. Uh, Nina, I hope you got in FMCI under $14. And SPAC is on the rise. I know Apollo Group's in there, and I think that gave you some confidence, Justin. Any thoughts on their. All right, so Awesome. Thank you so much for the question. So he's asking about Spartan Energy Spartan Acquisition Energy Acquisition Corp SPAQ. I did a full YouTube video on it, I believe, and he's asking about the early. Uh, hold on, where did this go? Early termination uh, on the warrants, I believe. Probably. Um, I actually. This is going to take too long to do live. Um, I don't know exactly what you're referring to, but I think you're re probably referring to um, the fact that SPAC pipe investors can pull um, can pull the deal uh, like anytime before like is voted on, uh, or maybe it's not anytime, but they, they basically can pull the capital. I don't think that like that was always the gripe of SPACs from Wall Street like for a while, um, and even still is that. A lot of times the capital would get committed by, you know, by all these like institutional investors and then they pull because they don't like the deal. And then uh, the SPAC would have to like, the SPAC is basically stuck in a bind, right? They promised this company that they would try to buy it and then like their money went away. So they have to go to, they have to basically go begging other institutions, which any institutions come in with like really onerous terms. Um, so I, if that's what you're referring to, I don't think that's been what that's what's been happening during this like SPAC craze, um, and especially with Apollo there. Like I don't, I don't, I don't foresee that happening. So guys, if I like spark, like I don't know, I don't like of the SPACs, which I believe are just like fun bets, right? The fun bets. I like SPAC and I like FMCI, SPAQ, FMCI. Um, but again, these got these are not positions that you really. Uh, anchor your portfolio in, right? I, you guys all know the ones that I like, right? I like Amazon, Microsoft, um, and I like bets on Spotify, Peloton. Um, Pel I mean, Peloton is reaching my target price, but again, in this market, I have no clue what um, the discount rate should be because private equity pizza over there with his uh, DCFs, you, you like discounting cash flows at 25%. And I'm over here like trying to, go to like 10%, 9%, 8% is, does it look cheap? It's really hard. Um, cool. 
Thank you, Frizz. Fritz. I appreciate it. What's up, Zakara? Um, uh, oh, I'm going to answer this one. Uh, Ari Dell123 is asking, what did I not like about the credit side of investing? It's boring. I, my, I would have to live like private equity Pete over here. Lots of like credit agreements. So uh, like distressed debt investing, you have to, you're basically reading indentures and um, like credit agreements. And you're thinking about like, like inner creditor agreements. You're thinking about cash flow ring fencing. You're thinking about like, yeah. And like, I mean, it's just, no, I, I like that part. I liked like DCFing it through the value of the debt. That's like finance. But then the rest of the job's like being a lawyer. Like this guy's reading more legal docs than he's in Excel. Um, cool. Bets is an ETF. Uh, it's it's for like all the like online betting. Uh, you know, I think it's not a bad way to play online betting if you believe that all the states start legalizing. Cool. So let's, uh, do we have another? Uh... Hey, Justin Hopo as well. I'm wondering why not sell Tesla? It seems like we're in a bubble still. There might be a crash soon. Uh, you know, I want to be optimistic, but the economy is not going to look too good, I feel. So, yeah, just wondering why not sell yeah. Tesla? That's a great question. So, a Tom Tesla's Garage, if you're still on, that's a great Tesla account. Go, go follow him on TikTok. Uh, why not sell Tesla? Well... You got me in a bind here. Uh, part of it's laziness, to be honest, because I like Tesla. Uh, I would never short that stock because it has so many fanboys, both on the street and off, that uh, it can rip on you for any given reason. Um, but yeah, like selling at 1500 at 7X sales, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. But if they have a killer 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 quarter and they just start selling like crazy then you know they might rip on you like i i think it's expensive for sure i guys guys i told you about this the last time tesla traded at over eight times forward sales it had basically four or five years straight of no stock price appreciation that's what like people that like don't understand things they're like fundamentals don't matter right like yeah maybe day to day or like he's laughing because he's just a fundamental guy because when you're in the private markets, you don't need to deal with anything but fundamentals because you don't have a stock price quoted at you every day. But um, but anyway, I, I digress. Private equity Pete is distracting me. Um, but Tesla, right, fundamentals do matter because if something runs away from you and gets too expensive, like maybe, yeah, maybe it doesn't crash, but it won't go up, right? You, you want to buy cash flows at a reasonable valuation. Um, cool. Zakaria, uh, what do I think about giving you thousands of dollars during my for my giveaway? Well, you have to enter. Do you, if you, I hope you entered them. Cool. Um, awesome. Let's. Uh, that was our last voicemail question. Let's take. Uh, I'm gonna pop over to YouTube. Let's take some YouTube questions. Cool. Uh, okay. So just to expand upon my Tesla not selling, it's because yes, is it expensive? Sure. Is it a huge part of my portfolio? No. Is it, um, is it like overpriced like a Shopify? No. Is it, do I believe in the company and they'll keep putting up great numbers? And do I believe they will be a top three auto manufacturer in the, in the country 
in the next uh, five to seven years? I'm watching product repeat. Do you, do you think there'll be a top three auto manufacturer in the next five to seven years? By units or? By units, yeah. No. Okay. I believe they'll dominate certain categories. Yeah, like, like the, the, I think they'll destroy. It's not a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. So I think they'll, I think they'll do well. And it can get more. I mean, I, I just think that the fundamentals will catch up. I just, it's take, you'll probably take a breather. Um, cool. Guys, uh, thinking about everyone asking me about ARK investing, Kathy Wood, Kathy Wood, I believe she's super smart. And every time she goes on TV, she's super smart. Um, but uh, like I look at what they have, right? So you go to ARK's holdings, ARK holdings, right? I'm, I'm just going to ARK, A-R-K-K. It's like a, basically an ETF and they do like all these, they're disruption innovation ETFs, right? So um, 9% of their portfolio is Tesla. 7.5% is Square. 7% is Invitai. Uh, Invi we looked at that as a, what did they do again? Hold on. Anyway, like they're very concentrated in certain like, okay, Roku. I like Roku. Okay. Let me see. Like fine. But other the, other than that, like, CRISPR therapeutics is a 6% position. And you're saying to me that CRISPR therapeutics is going to like, I don't know. Like, I do think that it would, it'd probably be a good hold over decades. But I also think that I personally don't like half of these. I, mean, I don't love lending tree. That's 3.3% of their thing. Like, you know what I mean? So like, I'm going to pick the innovative ones that I like. Um, I think we all have to remember we're not institutional investors here. We're personal investors. And so when you, um, we don't need to diversify on the, on the efficient frontier. Okay. We just need to find the next Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, etc. Right. We could literally just go all, like I could have gone all in on a Apple. Like I did when I was in high school, but I, I wish I was like older. Right. Um, Amazon go all in on it and it's going to compound capital like a, like no other, right? Jeff Bezos is the best of both worlds. He's a wall street guy that's innovative, that understands that he's not going to spit you out a dividend yield. He understands to reinvest capital at a higher ROI, ROIC over his cost of capital. Arguably his cost of capital is pretty, uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying like, I, I believe in that. I believe in that. And would I buy Tesla at like under 900? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I think the one thing with these super high growth uncertain companies, especially like Tesla, is what is the discount rate? You just don't know. But hopefully if the company has such a good opportunity and such a dominant competitive advantage, then they have such high returns on invested capital that over a few years, they compound that, that those ROICs and it doesn't even matter what you bought in at, right? Because if you get a 25% return on a stock compounded every year, it doesn't really matter if you bought it 20% overpriced, right? It's 25, one, one times 1.25 times 1.25 times 1.25 times 1.25 times 1.25 times 1.25 and it's like, holy shit, I've made a bunch of money no matter what, so... Um, cool. 
Let's take another. Uh, Dylan, I don't have an opinion on Lemonade yet. Insurance companies are a little weird. Uh, and we don't know what their underwriting looks like, right? Like they, they could be, they could get this like big cliff on claims. I don't know. I use Lemonade as a, as a customer. Do you, you use Lemonade? Yeah. Um, yeah, I use, I like it, right? It's pretty easy. Yeah. Way better than like Geico. Um, cool. Okay. Let's get some questions here. No, I would not buy Tesla now. That's the whole point. No, no, I wouldn't buy Tesla here. Rock climbing lawyer, I will say it is best. Uh, it is not only is it more tax efficient to hold stocks for over a year. It's like, do you guys really want to start trading like every week? Like, first of all, everyone here, me included, I'm not a trader, right? We are long term investors. And like, even if I even if I told you, you could make whatever, like a hundred bucks a day sitting on your couch like date or sitting in front of multiple monitors, day trading, and it's uncertain. Like then that means you don't have a career. It's just like, it, it takes up a lot of your time. So your opportunity cost is more about your time too. So why don't we just go find companies at a reasonable price. And at that company, the whole point of a company is the CEO, CFO, COO, CSO, like all these, all these really highly paid people are there to compound your capital for you as an owner. That's the whole point is you go, you go let those, those guys, those smart guys and, and girls do it for you. So what do I think about rocket mortgage? Yeah. They didn't, they just IPO. Uh, I got my mortgage from them and private equity Pete laughed at me for it. Um, Hey, Miss Excel, great account. Everybody go follow Miss Excel. Uh, yeah. You all asking about Peloton. I'm holding, I'm holding private equity. Pete hates Peloton. He laughs at me for that one. Ben, I do plan on doing educational stuff on ROIC. Uh, I have to get, uh, we're running into some technical hurdles on the educational videos, um, but hopefully I can do, do it a little bit more off the fly and then get the production quality up better. Um, cool. Uh, Dewey Leo, top five co companies to invest into right now long-term. I already, you know, I said this last time and I said it the time before. Uh, like Amazon, Microsoft, I wouldn't hate you for, for going like Walmart. Um, I like Facebook, uh, and I like Spotify Peloton. The poster is asking thoughts on hedge funds that trade in and out of quarters. There seems to be more seats in those roles. Is this a sustainable career path? How do you weigh in the risks of getting fired? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, those are brutal. I wouldn't want to do it. Yeah, I think they they pay more, but they definitely ever. Um, <laughs> uh, I got some funny uh, chat questions here. Um, yeah, I, I would stay away from that. I honestly, if I if I after this CFO stuff, if I don't stay in this industry, or if I don't, I guess do this full time. I don't know. Um, then I would probably go back to private equity. To be honest. Um, it's more value additive. You can like actually add value to a company um, and all that. Cool. What has SPAQ been doing? People keep asking about it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 again, with all these SPACs, SPACs like SPACs, I think you just need to uh, 
just hold them for like multiple years. And uh, if you buy in at a reasonable valuation, uh, hopefully the growth is there on like the financials, right? So, um, cool. Private Equity J, who's that? Mark uh, Jawar Nikki. Uh, Mark is asking about why do PE guys hate growth? Let's ask Private Equity Pete that. Why do you hate growth so much? Yes. Uh, it's because you can't borrow money. I'm just kidding. You can't borrow money uh, against revenue. You can borrow money against cash flow and EBITDA. That the bank is, um, that the bank is like fairly certain they'll see it the following year. So another another way to put private equity versus venture capital, which is a form of private equity, which is a growth form of private equity, or value stock investing or growth stock investing is think about it like a home guys fundrise go check out fundrise fundrise danica what's up nice to see you um okay so think about it like a house right a house reasonably you know that someone's gonna rent it and you know it's gonna cash flow and then you can borrow money on that thing right and so that means that you can lever it up and the majority of your return comes from the from the leverage that's what private equity is. It's a stable, generally stable businesses that you lever up and you, okay, well, distressed for him, I guess. Um, now that we're in a distressed environment. Um, but you lever them up and then you, uh, you lever them up and, uh, and, you, um, and you basically, you get the returns from kind of the debt pay down, the dividends and whatever growth there is left, right? Um, but, in growth investing, nobody's going to lever those companies up. There's a reason why like Snapchat doesn't really have debt. Like all these high-flying tech companies like Shopify has no debt because if they have a really crappy couple quarters, they might be running out of cash and like firing a bunch of people. So that's why with growth investing specifically, you really have to believe in the trend and you really have to believe not only in the trend, you have to believe in that company. And so I, I always draw on this experience. It's I really believed in Apple when I got my hands on that first iPhone. I said, this is game changing. And the only reason why I knew it was game changing is because I had a Palm Pilot before that and I had a Pocket PC before that in middle school. Um, yeah, private equity Pete's laughing at me. Um, yeah, Dave, David, you're right. David's saying people shorting Peloton going broke. It's hilarious. People people have been going, to, like, I think some people said, no, oh, like Citron had a, like a short thesis on it. Oh, we'll see. We'll see. You just, okay, so Nia just bought FMCI on Robinhood. So you better hold for over a year. Okay. okay. I'm never going to open up the app again. Um, how does PEP, Private Equity Pete, evaluate a growth company? He doesn't know how. That's the, that's the, I'm just going to make, I'll save you from that one. He'll tell, uh, he'll tell you, uh, okay, wait. Um, Andreas is asking, should we be risk on or risk off given the current economic outlook and public health concerns? Seth Klarman recently made the headlines calling today's market surreal and criticized the Fed for it. That's true. I agree. But guess what? Um, Seth Klarman is a legend. I have his book right here, Margin of Safety. 
Uh, Seth Klarman is a legend in value investing. Um, I will say value investing deeply underperforms growth in low interest rate environments. And that's why we've seen value investing underperform growth quite a bit since the 08 crisis. That's one of the reasons, right? Not only that, we've had a technological, like kind of, like a lot of great products have been created too in that time frame too. Uh, we had HTML5, like we have all these other things coming out and then the proliferation. I mean, the fact that I'm streaming to you live here, right? I mean, that's the thing. Um, he's calling it surreal because it is surreal. Uh, but is it so surreal that I believe it's a 08 style bubble? I don't necessarily think so because if you think about it, we're we're trading at, I told I I told you from the very beginning I said um I said uh the market starts getting cheap at like that 15 to 7 15 16 to 17 times PE ish price or like price forward earnings and we are trading at 20 depending on who you ask we're trading at like 22 to 25 times forward earnings we're not trading at like 30 to 40 so yes are we expensive in the market uh yes and it's because we have low interest rates we have a bunch of money printing. So I like equities. I like equities. I like good equities to to hold uh, for the long term to hedge against inflation. But what I'm seeing is you see a lot of, so you have a low interest rate environment and you say, but you, that's pumping up growth stocks on like in mass, right? So that's causing a bunch of bubbles, <coughs> Shopify. Um, you're going to love this one. Private equity, Pete, uh, shop. Let's see. Let's see the multiples on Shopify. It's causing some growth bubbles, right? And so Shopify is trading at 600 times forward EBITDA. <laughs> uh, and it's trading at 40 times forward sales and they are growing by 30%. Okay. How absurd is that? That is a run away from Shopify. I know a lot of you are Canadian, but and it's Canadian pride because Shopify is a Canadian company. Um, but can I give you a 30% growing company for less? Ross Dress for less, RIP. I think they're, they're probably going bankrupt, right? Um, okay. So I know they had about, they had like the, the guy uh, said something bad, like, uh, hold on. I'm going to find you a good one. Okay. So riddle me, the, uh, I guess the argument is Peloton is a hardware company, but they're actually a software company. I and mean, I've looked into it and I've done a super deep dive on it. Peloton is growing at like 50 to hundred times per, or 50 to hundred percent year over year. And they are trading at eight times forward sales. And you're telling me Spot or Shopify is trading at 38 times forward sales and is growing at 30% forward. And you compare that against even like a Spotify, it's it's absurdly like Spotify is trading at four times forward sales. So wh why should Shopify um, without having quintuple the growth trade at 10 times the valuation. It just doesn't make any sense. So 
All that to say, bringing it right back to where we started. It is a wonky market. You can't find cheap value stocks. And value stocks will probably continue to underperform in in a low in a zero to negative real interest rate environment. So, and that's not my style anyway as a personal investor. I like buying great companies and forgetting about it and going on a hike, playing Xbox. After this, me and private equity Pete is probably playing some Warzone. Um, oh, he's, um, and uh, so I like finding growth companies that are going to continue to grow. And I'm very, very confident at reasonable prices. And on the DCF, maybe it's 10, depending on the discount rate I'm using, maybe it's 10% too high. So Peloton is now at close to or at my target price, but I'll continue holding them because the wonkiness of this market is what is the, what is the right discount rate to use in my DCF? I don't know. I'm discounting at 10% and it's fairly valued. So, but it seems like equity risk premiums are squeezed and negative real interest rates. So that means that you're conceptually, maybe WAC should be like, so weighted average cost of capital should be like 5%. I don't know, which I don't know, right? He's right. It is wonky. Seth Klarman slaps a 10X or sorry, 10% uh, weighted average cost of capital on everything. Famously so. Um, so let's see. Let's go to more questions. Perry's asking, how long do I do we think we'll be in a low interest rate environment? I think we'll be there for a while. Uh, I think we'll be for, there for a while. I think um, until employment returns, when employment returns and we start crawling our way out of the recession, depression we are in on a fundamental level, the Fed will need to feel comfortable before they start raising interest rates. Um I believe, but again, right? They're playing this dangerous game because if you get runaway inflation, it's like, what are you going to do? So cool. As uh, Bevan, this is a really good question. As a CFO, what operational advice do you have for founders, CEOs? So I will say the stereotype for a founder type CEO is that you're so kind of aspirational, optimistic, and you kind of have to be a little crazy to start a company as a founder uh, by yourself. Because you have to like convince a bunch of people, you have to, to, to invest money, you have to start something from scratch, uh, and you have to believe in a product from, from basically day one. So I would invite you to go read Peter Thiel's Zero to One book. Very short read, very good read. Um, the problem is, once you start scaling, you have to remember, the more you spend, the more money you're going to have to raise to dilute yourself. And the more you dilute yourself, the less the payout is on the end. So be stingy with your money. Spend a lot when you um, when you believe that there is a high return on, on investment for it if you have a startup. But if you're buying like parties and all this other stuff or like, you know, all these frills, keep it as, as lean as possible until you get your product market fit. And they teach us in Stanford Business School, right? And they teach us in in like Silicon Valley, it's like lean, 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 be lean, pivot, 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 pivot until you get to your product market fit. And I don't care if you're like an Instagram influencer, find what works for you, right? Find what works for you. And once you start taking off, then you can really throw fuel on the fire. But you need to, you need to keep lean until you really find the product that really hits the market. Cool. Um, so Hasi on, um, on, 
Oh, we got a lot of uh, Notre Dame people on here. It's interesting. Um, hey, me, Kevin. Are you the same me, Kevin? On YouTube? No? Maybe not. Uh, we have inflation in stock market. Okay. I don't know what to do with that. Um, I believe that uh, equities are, are inherently a good hedge against inflation because it's this growth, right? So, look. And real estate and gold, gold less so. I like I, I really love real estate, right? And so go check out Fundrise. Seriously, go check out Fundrise. Um, if you have five hundred bucks, it doesn't hurt to try. And if you win five hundred bucks from me, go put that in Fundrise and see how it is. Um, ooh, here's a here's a question for Private Equity Pete. In the midst of transformational shift in consumer preferences and supply chain, isn't historical cash flow investing slash leveraging a trap? I don't really know what exactly you mean by that, but in the midst of transformational shipping consumer. Uh, maybe it's not. Yeah, I think you're being specific to consumer types of businesses and the trap isn't so much cash flow and leveraging. The trap is what we call catching a falling knife. It's future cash flow. It's not just yeah, yeah. It's not so, based on, it's not predicated upon historical cash flow. Yeah, so. You own the business into the future. Yeah. So he's saying there's no like no private equity person leverages off of historical cash flows. They look at future cash flows. Um, I will say though there will be a lot with changing transformational shifts in consumer preferences. You'll have private equity companies that pick the wrong companies because they assume things will be the same as they were in the past, right? But that's not a fundamental issue with private equity as a model. That is them being a stupid investor. And that's them not understanding the transformational change, right? If I'm like, so here's a good example. If I, like I, I used Ross Dress for Less. It was like, let's say I buy Ross Dress for Less. And I'm like, no, dude, like everyone's going to like keep buying like these cheap clothes. And I don't see the e-commerce, people don't like cheap clothes trend ever again in the future. And I leveraged up Ross Dress for Less. That just means that my margin of safety is smaller. And then the, the, the bank's going to take it away from me quicker. If I owned it all equity, I would have more time. But at the end of the day, the mistake isn't the leverage. The mistake is picking the wrong company. Does the business have a reason to exist is the first question that every private equity investor Oh, this is a good one. So he, this, he says the first question a private equity person asks is, does this business have a reason to exist? Yes. Oh, fun fact, Private Equity Pete also knows Noah Krim. You guys all know Noah Krim. We did an hour and a half um, interview of another former investment banker, hedge fund guy. Um, and uh, that's on my YouTube. It's kind of in the, in the, in the archive. So go find that if you're in- interesting, interested in that. Organic Chica, um, thoughts on more efficient batteries? Yeah, like I think if anybody's going to do it, it's going to be Tesla. They're going to keep doing it. Um, I think it's incremental until you find this like breakthrough on batteries. Um, cool. Uh, I think I opened the beta again. Okay, well I'm, I'm I'm catching up. Hold on. Stefan is asking, given Buffett Graham suggests that you can make fifty percent returns in small slash mid cap, why are you so focused on large cap companies? Peloton, Microsoft. Well, because we're in COVID. Look at the Russell. I want you to look at the Russell today. And I want you to look at the NASDAQ today. 
Um, I like tech. I've always liked tech. I, I, my dream job as a high schooler was a tech hedge fund person. I, I sort of reached that kind of, I was a generalist always. I didn't really reach my dream to be like solely tech. Um, but I like tech. I told you I was the kid in middle school with a pocket PC <laughs> back when we had flip phones. I had the little like thing, right? So that, that's always been me, right? Um, I like it. Uh, I also think we are in an environment where the big get bigger. I mean, so like this is, I, I, I've been talking about this on my lives, right? Zero interest rate environment drives up the price of assets and drives down the value of currency, especially fiat currency, right? So with that, when that happens, asset prices go up. So the rich get richer and everybody else gets left in the dust. And this, a similar thing happens to corporates. Um, in an environment like this, the big get bigger because they have access to capital at cheap prices because they have the biggest balance sheets. And uh, the small to mid cap companies are left in the dust because they get their market share eaten by floods of capital because we're talking about cheap, cheap money that goes to the biggest of the bigs. So if anything, it it does um, it does seem like uh, right. I, I, I kind of agree with da- uh, Dalio. Like we might see political strife. Uh, guys, I, we, we talked about U.S. Chinese tensions months ago. We talked about it. And guess what? It's coming to a head now. And why about TikTok? It's hilarious. Um, yeah, guys. Uh, thank you, Top Comment, for telling everyone about my thoughts on Peloton and my thoughts on Shopify. Nothing against companies. Nothing against companies. I love... Um, I really, really like Peloton. My issue with Peloton is that it's fairly valued according to discount rates that I've used in the past. I have no freaking clue what discount rate to use. It's definitely not 25% like private equity Pete, but it's definitely not 2%. I'm just kidding. Private equity Pete uses a 25% discount rate because he uses LBO models, which is a DCF flipped, and he's looking for a 25% IRR, which is essentially you're backing into discount rate. Well, if I'm going to argue with you, private equity, Pete, you're, you use 25% cost of equity. Yeah. Okay. So that's what he means. So your blended whack is probably like, what are you borrowing at right now on a corporate level? Plus so li- he's borrowing at LIBOR plus 550 through, through the cap structure. Yeah. That's not that cheap. When you buy a business at five to six times. Oh, know. he's lever. Okay. So he's buying a business at like what? Eight times, five to six, five to six and you're leveraging at how much? Three times. Okay, so lots of leverage, boring companies, boring people, private equity pizza snooze. I'm just kidding. I'm just giving him a bunch of crap. Uh, no, he knows his stuff. So, uh, but he's basically using a lot of debt and a small sliver of equity. And then the equity's cost of equity is 25%. And they're killing it, by the way. Um, and the debt is LIBOR is what, zero? Like 50 bips? 1%. Oh, one percent floor. I forgot about that. It's been a while. One um, percent. It's been. A, I mean, when's the last time I read a credit agreement? Um, so one percent floor plus five fifty. So six point five percent cost of debt blended. So that's uh, it's like half half debt to equity ish, right? So wow, that's a high. Okay, so like the, your your wax are still like twelve to fifteen percent. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Um, Justin and private equity, Pete, do you think that Apple is overvalued at 1.95 trillion? You want me to give you some, uh, I'm going to give this private equity, Pete dominant business. I think 
their competitive advantages are a little bit more commoditized than when I loved them back in the day. Um, let me give you some. I don't think they're crazy overvalued, by the way. They're trading at, uh, it's expensive. 21 times Ford's uh, EBITDA for a dominant business. But free they have a 4% free cash flow yield. It's pretty good, right? Like, um, and they're sitting on mountains of cash. Like, it's not so bad. I mean, it's not so bad, right? Am I, there's a reason why I don't have Apple in my like top five. And that's probably the reason. Um, I really like Facebook at like 50, what, let me look at Facebook. I really like Facebook at 14 times forward EBITDA. So you're getting Facebook at a six turn discount to Apple and it's a full, it's a software company. And the only reason why you're getting at a discount guys, I've been, I've been banging the table on Facebook for weeks now. Um, and it sounds like it looks like they're rallying. They know oh, they rallied six and a half percent today. Um, so hopefully you've been listening. Thank you for all for tuning in. Appreciate it. Uh, oh, we're top of the hour. I guess we have a few more. We have 30 more minutes if we need it. If we don't, we'll end it. Um, yeah, A for uh, Yeah, I yeah, we're really good friends. That's why I keep crapping on him. He's giving me shit too. Um, guys, Fundrise. Seriously, I, I seriously, if you have a, enough money for a, a great portfolio, um, I really do love the idea, right, of 60% stocks, 10% dry powder, 20, 10 to 20% dry powder, then 20% like real estate. That's a great allocation in a market like this to me. Like keep good amount of 20% dry powder in case there is like a pullback. But I don't want you to miss out on the fact that the Fed might just print our way out of this. Um, but you need to be protected, right? Real estate's a great way to do it. And guess what? Fundrise is probably the way to do it. Because unfortunately, I'm not taking your money to invest in Nashville. Uh, you can do it yourself. And if you want to do it yourself, I did a long three-part series of how to invest in real estate yourself, how we do it. And I even, if you're an ROI Connect member, seriously, it's like 750, like just to support the content. I give you that the, the real estate investment model that I've created over the years. And you just go download that on the website. We provide a lot of value, investing value on the website. If you want to go do that and deal with tenants, go ahead. And then you have to evict people and whatever. It's like a big headache for me. Like, yeah, it's a big headache for me. Um, but anyway, uh, dry, oh, what I mean by dry powder, I mean by cash. I do like holding like 20% cash. Jose, yes, we will do a national meetup when COVID's over. I don't think it's, I, th I think it's a little uncouth to have a meetup in uh, modified phase two. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, they're calling Nashville no maskville. We have a pretty bad rap according to the country. Um, um, let's see what else. Uh, Den. So the fundrise minimum is actually five hundred. You have to you have to find the little thing on on the bottom. Fundrise minimum is five hundred bucks. I really like it. I really like it. So, um, cool. I haven't looked at Nokia in forever since Windows Phone existed. Sorry, Top but I can look at it for you right now real quick. Um, actually, what's going to be better is an equity research report. Let's see if it's covered. I thought they got bought by... Are you talking about Nokia.he on the Helsinki Stock Exchange? Is that what you're talking about? If so, I have a European investment bank 
with a buy rating on them with a target price of five euro per share. So that's all I have. Top comment. Fund rise. Like fund, like funds and rise. Fund rise. Oh, let's pick a raffle winner. Oh, wait. I didn't pick a keyword. Oh, wait, I already did. Real estate. Keyword this week is real estate. So anytime, if you're watching this video after the fact, um, enter the weekly raffle and we're going to give out a hundred bucks a week. Um, it'll expire by the, this time next week. And, um, yeah, just put in fun, uh, real estate as the keyword of the week and, uh, you will be entered for a chance to win a hundred bucks this week. Let's pick a $30 raffle winner today. Okay. We have Mason G. Mason G, I feel like you've won before. Not a lot of people enter the raffles. Like he He's won before. Mason G. Good job again. Guys, if you if, if you're on TikTok, you gotta you gotta go to my YouTube link, my YouTube stream. I have all the everything in the descriptions. So uh, it's kind of hard here. I just want to keep you guys. If you guys want to see, like, I have this whole setup here. It's kind of crazy. Um, guys, so the weekly one is also, oh, Michael C is saying, why Mason again? Yeah, I agree. I don't pick it. We pick it. We use, we use, uh, maybe he's entering a couple, uh, a couple emails. But yeah, guys, go to my YouTube. It's in the description. Appreciate you all being here with me. Yeah, Mason, Mason just said thanks. Yeah. Mason, everyone hates you now because you, you've won like a million times. Just kidding. This is, I think this is your second time winning. Um, 30 bucks. Cal. Okay. I'm sorry. We use Rafflecopter. Um, yeah. Thank you, Organic. I appreciate it. You guys are, you guys are really great for being here. Um, yeah. So I looked it up. So it's a, right. Um, Nokia has a buy rating by a European investment bank. <laughs> uh, guys, if you didn't win that $30 raffle, there's another one that we're going to pick tonight probably in the next 10 minutes and we were doing a hundred dollars this week and there's like a thousand dollar one on the morning sense one. So we will pick someone else. We will. Any other questions? If there's no other questions, we're going to end early. Oh we, have another voicemail. oh, we have one more voicemail. Let's do a voicemail. Hey Justin, do you mind listening to Upwork and just um, giving me your thoughts like a quick, like five minute look at uh, it's balance sheet and then it's perspective. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thank you. Sorry, that wasn't really. Thank you for the question. Appreciate you. Um, let's see. Upwork. Upwork. The ticker UPWK. Upwork is an online employment marketplace. They allow businesses with freelance labor and tools to hire uh, wait, allows businesses with freelance labor and tools to hire, manage and pay for completed work. It allows businesses to find, hire and pay developers, designers, writers, marketers, and support representatives, among others. Enables clients to streamline workflows, talent sourcing, outreach. Okay, so it's like a, it's like a marketplace for freelance labor for companies. Upwork, ticker UPWK. Uh, they are trading at, 233 times forward EBITDA. But let's look at sales. That's the whole thing. 
private equity Pete doesn't know he's talking about just when, because he's focused on EBITDA. When I look at these things, I focus on sales. I know I'm just, I'm giving him crap. He, of course he knows how to do this. We all went through the same training guys. It's just a style thing. Um, uh, let's see. I'm just, hold on. It's hard to, so they basically have no EBITDA, right? They're, they're breaking even because they want to grow. Uh, they're trading at 3.8 times forward sales and growing about mid teens per year. So, okay, here's a good thing. Here's a good example. Uh, Spotify is also trading at about four times forward sales and they're, they're, they are growing in the mid twenties. Uh, and they're kind of proven and dominant in what they do. So on a opportunity cost basis, probably my number three pick core of my portfolio is Spotify. Even though Daniel Eck came out and said something that pissed off a bunch of people this week. He said, uh, it's a new world and artists should, um, like produce more content. And then everybody's like, you can't rush art. Right. And then, so I don't, I think, I think they've got a dominant position and artists will need to produce on Spotify, but I would at the same price, we're talking about the same price, right? So at the same price, you're buying more dominance, more uh, surety. And if it, if it like has product market fit and dominance in the product, in the market, you have 40% more growth in Spotify. Uh, Upwork, you kind of have 400 million in revenue, like, Nothing to, you know, shy at at all, but they're expected to grow in the mid-teens, um, unless you believe that they're gonna run away with growth. Uh, yeah, I'd probably rather pick Spotify, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't hate you for buying uh, mid-teens, top-line growing, uh, kind of moonshot-ish bet in small amounts if you really believe in this freelance labor marketplace. But if you're a corporation, why wouldn't I just go to Upwork? I don't know. I don't know the product very well. Um, I've hired people off up, Upwork. I know it's not like super corporate-y. It's more like task rabbit but um, you know, I don't know. Hey everyone. How's that? How's everything? Okay, guys, when I say something, don't go all in on anything. You should be, diversify your money across some of these other ones. Um, Jose's trying to, that's hilarious. Trying to get Nia to say something. Um, what's your uh, camo mustache? Camo mustache is asking, what's my pick for an esports stock or index for the next 30 years? Tencent, Activision, or Huya? I've never looked at Huya. Let's look at Huya. Huya. H-U, ticker H-U-Y-A. Is this the right one? They're trading at. Ooh, interesting. Okay. Ticker H. Oh, they're China based. So they're, they're going to have a China discount. Excuse me. Um, they're trading at about 2.3 times forward sales. And 20 or 19 times forward EBITDA. Okay. That's reasonable. Um, and they're growing in the mid 20s. It's not so bad. Esports live streaming. I don't know anything about this business, but that looks pretty good, pretty juicy to me. But
But then again, we all know there's a China discount to the Chinese companies. They're shady. They're controlled by the, the government over there. Like all that other stuff. And I'm probably going to kick kicked off here if I say that. Um, but just remember that. But it doesn't sound crazy to me. Huyas does sounds looks pretty cool. Um, I like the Activision. I mean, they've always been pretty dominant in video games. Uh, let's see what they're trading at. Uh, they're probably going to be so overpriced. Hold on. It's loading. Eight times forward sales. 3% growth. Pass. Hard pass on Activision. Um, and... Let's see. What was the last one? Oh, Tencent. Yeah. I like Tencent as a business for sure. They're really dominant in China. Um, but again, they're 8.4 times forward sales growing at 20% a year. Yeah. Like I would rather like, this is a, to me, 10 cents, like almost like a Tesla, like great business, too expensive, great business, too expensive. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, um, ETF. I like the the ETFs if you're willing to pay for the the fees, or you could go look at what they hold and just recreate it yourself, um, and not pay the fifty to a hundred basis point fee. Sean, uh, it's not VTIQ. I, that's blast in the past. You mean Nikola, right? Um, I've always hated Nikola. You can see from all my videos, I've, I do not like. Um, Nicola. Hey, sup Coolio. I have a Centio here. It's an institutional quality, like equity research platform, probably a bit expensive. Um, uh, volleyball, Gabby, can you suggest any cryptos to keep an eye on beside Bitcoin? I don't really love any of them beside Bitcoin, right? Um, I have, a I have a lot of ways Bitcoin can grow. I don't know, like, it is undeniably the king, the gold standard of crypt, like, of internet deflationary assets. Um, I don't like Ethereum is good. I own a bunch of Ethereum from back in the day, but my my confidence level on everything else has gotten way lower because, uh, like, Ethereum may not be the smart contract thing to win, even though it has such a big head start, right? This decentralized developer network is just not as efficient as having a Silicon Valley focused, like focused company where everybody comes in every day and codes and you have a rah-rah CEO. And, you know, that's usually, um, I've heard a lot of bad things about VeChain, a lot of good things about VeChain. But again, I'm not, guys, let's, let's, let's invest in mostly companies with cash flow. Um, mostly cash flow, mostly growth, which means cash flows in the future, uh, and some real estate and yeah. And hedge yourself with, uh, I like Bitcoin, but other than that, I can't really, I can't really, and I, and even Bitcoin, right. It's gotta be a small position. It's gotta be a hedge position. And it's also, you gotta hold it for at least a decade. And then we'll talk in a decade and we'll see if we're rich or not. Um, cool. Uh, a lot of people asking me about C. I think uh, Austin had a, another runaway TikTok on it. C Limited. 10 times forward sales. 40% growth. D 
Digital entertainment e-commerce. I know nothing about them, so I'm never going to buy them. So the amount of research I would need to do to buy something at 10 times forward sales is kind of crazy. So I'm not going to do that research. Uh, maybe one of my, maybe uh, one of the interns can do a lot of, uh, a lot of work on C limited. Oh, one more voicemail. Let's do it. Hey, Justin, I hope all is well. So of course, uh, the market is reaching all-time highs. S&P is near all-time highs. Um, due to the weighted stocks and large cap stocks like Apple, Amazon, which are overperforming the market. In the future, do you think that if these stocks continue to fall, or if they begin to fall, rather, do you think that we can see a larger market correction? And even after COVID-19, if the market is so reliable on a few companies, do you think that it can be kind of bad as the market kind of in itself has all but eggs in one basket. Thank you. Yeah, yeah so, so look, um, this might be our last question. Uh, so the, the general gist of the question is uh, with the run-up of these multi-trillion dollar market cap companies like Apple, Amazon, um, the, the market as a whole is overweight some of these big gigantic software tech giants. It's true. Um, there's a reason for this. They've dominated in this environment while you have crappier businesses going out or less transformational businesses going out of business. Um, and so the question was, if they go down, what will happen to the market? Yes, by definition, the market's gonna take crap if those few companies take crap because they they move the market because they are the majority market. Like the S&P 500 is a market cap weighted weighted thing, right? Um, if Apple and Amazon do poorly fundamentally over the next decade, but the U.S. economy continues to grow like the U.S. economy we know and love, then I am not that concerned because big U.S. giants have fallen only to be taken, the pl their place taken by um, newcomers. But if they signal a, a kind of a, a reduction or a decline in the American economy, and thus the big companies in America do, do poorer and the whole economy does poorer, then yeah, I think I'm really worried about that, but that's, that's more of an economic thing. In this paradigm, if we agree that the American economy is the strongest economy by far, I mean, some, I mean, even in, under like doom and gloom scenarios with the dollar milkshake theory, um, where the demand for dollars causes this death spiral for the dollar and whatever, even in that, the U.S. dollar uh, is going to um, like suck up kind of the, the demand of the, of the world. Uh, and even in that, like th that scenario, the U.S. does the best until everything crashes. So under the assumption that that the U.S. is the strongest economy and will continue to be the strongest economy and is the, is the most dominant um, and will recover from a recession, a pandemic-led recession, depression, then I'm not super worried about it. Our valuation's a bit high. Yes, I agree. They are high. That's why I'm buying reasonably priced companies. 
in a zero interest rate environment and not holding a lot of cash anymore. Guys, we've, we've gradually come up, right? You guys have been following me, right? We're chipping away at good companies. Um, but yes, like can Apple go from 21 times forward EBITDA to like 15 to 17 times forward EBITDA? Yes. But I also believe that Apple's EBITDA will grow. And so what's more likely to me is the stock prices pause for a bit while fundamentals catch up. Does that make sense? Um, so that's that. I think that's my... Uh, CT's asking Ethereum versus Bitcoin. Bitcoin all, all day of the week. Like every day of the week. Um, scrappy boy, RIP to value investing forever 2020. I don't think you can say that. Uh, well, and especially if you're going to say RIP to value investing forever, you probably should say 2008 right? When, uh, when that trend started, um, we'll see, we'll see high mid to high interest rate environments in the future. Again, might not be in our lifetime. I don't know. Um, or maybe we're in a negative interest rate environment forever. And, uh, I have to pay you to, for you to take my money. It's very weird. Um, cool. I'm going to wrap up there. It's been a crazy, crazy, week and um we had some technical difficulties we oh we have a second raffle to pick last raffle mm -hmm. scrappy boy we are in a zero like essentially zero interest rate environment so 50 bips and on a real basis actually the curve has been negative right but negligibly so right um so i just call it a zero interest rate environment because essentially it is. All right, let's pick a $30 raffle winner. Alan with no last name. Alan with no last name won. Alan won the second raffle. This is his first one. Good job, Mason G, winning for the second time ever. That shows you guys that there are not a lot of people entering the raffle, so your chances of winning every single week are pretty good. But... Also, if you're if you're if you're watching this after the fact, for this next week, you can still enter this hundred dollar raffle. Links below. Please go check out Fundrise, if not only just to be curious about it. It's a really cool product. I really like them. Like from the bottom of my heart, I talked about them. I did a TikTok on them with millions of views before I like right. Like I actually like them. And I like equity Zen and I like all these other things. So you'll hear me talk about things that I like and I'll never tell you to do things that I don't like. I've yeah. And oh, there was another question. Sorry, Varun. I think Varun asked me. Um, yes, I have invested in Fundrise in the past. And yes. So the answer is yes, but I don't like going down that road. Um, so I appreciate all you guys being here. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, if you missed my last YouTube video, that Cal, I, I know you'll get there someday. I apologize. Hopefully at least some of the information is rewarding. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, if you, Oh yeah. Latest YouTube video is on Microsoft buying TikTok, And I did a full analysis on this mix Excel mix miss Excel. Love your account. If you guys want to follow miss Excel on TikTok, go follow her. She's, she has a great account where she teaches you Excel tricks that a lot of which I don't even know. Um, so cool. Sounds good. Thanks so much. Happy Thursday. Have a great weekend. I'll see you next week. And 
DMs on Roic and slash a couple cents.com. I'll be sitting down tomorrow now that internet is fixed and uh, banging those out. So thank you so much. Have a great week. Have a great weekend.